You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mia Pinedo, welcome to Chicken Theater, friends. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I am in on my day off in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I'm so happy to be here. Can you tell us, for starters, a little bit about you're doing yoga play over there. Can you tell us a little bit about what the play's about? Oh, yes. Um, excellent play. Please read it or go see it. Um, it's about Joan, who's the CEO of Jojo Mon, this um, yoga apparel company. And there is, um, I don't wanna tell you what the crisis is, cause you can come see it, but there is a crisis that happens and they are trying to um, protect the brand and from, you know, this crisis, publicity crisis. And I play Ramola who is an LA yoga instructor. She teaches the Kardashians and a couple of other characters as well. And it's just this hysterical, but um, also kind of disturbing play that we've been in discussion that it, it talks, you know, what is cultural appropriation versus appreciation when it comes to yoga and the westernization of yoga. And um, it's just Deepika Gua is, phenomenal and her play is like nuanced and brilliant and it's been really fun to to do it here at Playmakers Rep. And Romola is like such a funny character like I could have stop laughing when there's a moment where you're like oh like do you know um, Jane Fonda and then Joan's like no and then your character's kind of like oh like oh okay then like totally dismissive. So I wonder for Mia Pinedo, what attracted you to Romola? Because like, I'm assuming she's like very unlike, I mean, you don't train the Kardashians, so it's very unlike you. I I think that um, it's, again, the, the characters, she has a lot of really funny lines, but what I think is really interesting about her is there's an ignorance is bliss about her that I think, um, a lot of us can fall into. And I think there's really a truth to that. And some of it is really problematic. And then some of it is, you know, she's trying to connect to yoga in her way. And there's also this really great um, kind of backstory that she has, like her mother wasn't around and that shows up in the play. So I think, again, it's brilliant that Deepika didn't just make her, you know, just, and that there's nothing upstairs. Like she really is trying to, 
you know, get clients and she's trying to share what she's learned from yoga, but she also is very ignorant and she is very about status and she kind of falls into some of the shallow, you know, LA stereotypical culture. And so I, I just like that there is that nuance with her as well as a lot of the other characters in the play. Um, and I just think it has a really, it's a wonderful message, but also you can draw many things from the show. It's not trying to paint these characters in one, you know, in one broad stroke. And I haven't done a comedy professionally yet. So I also just really was excited at the opportunity to do a comedy and for people to laugh. And I think we all really need that right now while also asking some very important questions and making the audience really think and reflect on, um, especially on their own ideas of yoga and how we treat yoga in America. It's Mm -hmm. Not to make a pun or a dad joke, but I wonder if Flame Romola has invited you to, you know, like work out different muscles that you couldn't, for instance, doing West Side Story or Songs from a New World. Oh, 100%. It, it's been really fun, especially this track. I play five characters. So I have two off, well, actually, no, four offstage characters. Two are live streamed. So we do that live and, um, one is I'm on a microphone and then one's pre-recorded and then Ramola is on stage. So I am constantly in different wigs, in a different voice, a different dialect. And that's been fun and totally different than anything I've done. And yeah, I'm doing a full wheel on stage and running transitions, running around because we're doing in a wonderful thrust, which I love performing the thrust. So it definitely is quite different. Where Songs for a New World completely sung through, there's no scenes. And West Side Story, the scenes are minimal. They're not too long. And it's also almost like an opera with a couple little scene moments in it. So they're all very different. And I, I'm thankful to, they've been um, different challenges, definitely. How was that transition for you? You know, like you were in West Side Story on Broadway when the shutdown happened, and then you got to go back to uh, stage last year. Was that transition easy or smooth for you in any way? Was it like riding a bike, or did you have to retrain yourself in ways that you weren't expecting? I definitely did have to retrain. I think it was interesting. We were, we had just opened West Side Story. We were in rehearsals. I was constantly, you know, singing through the show almost every day and working out and eating a particular diet, just doing whatever I needed to do to do that show, which took a lot of stamina. Um, and because I was off stage, I had to be ready at the drop of a hat, you know, to go on at any moment. So then when the shutdown happened, I, I packed up a duffel bag that I thought would be for two months because I think at rehearsal they said, okay, come back in June or April, whatever it was. And I ended up staying home for a year and a half, which is where my album growing up came out of that time I spent home. And the first few weeks I didn't sing at all. I, I think it was almost this, oh, I had like when you're working so hard and you just, you go on that vacation mode totally was eating whatever I wanted to eat, drinking the wine, eating the cheese, the dairy. <laughs> I was in Wisconsin again. And I was, you know, and also that time was terrifying. So we were also just home and 
I was luckily able to spend that time with my mom. And then when we, it's, we started to realize this is going to be a lot longer than anticipated, I thought, how am I, it had then been a few weeks, I thought, I already am out of practice to go back. <laughs> and you, I, it took me a moment to um, also start singing again in a way that wasn't connected to my job and training. I started singing again, like I used to when I was little, I'd go down to my the basement or the garage and play different karaoke tracks from all the roles I shouldn't be playing ever, but just to sing. And I, I kind of found the time off to be a really cool connection back and just seeing things I wanted to sing, not, oh, this is what you, this is the role you're going to play, or this is the role we're going to allow you to play. And so that was, that was really neat. And again, that the album sort of came out of that a bit. And then once I, once West Side Story was potentially going to be coming back, my now fiance and I moved back to New York and I went into full training mode. I was, you know, exercising, singing every day, singing through the show, and then it closed. And I also was sick with the breakthrough case of COVID. So I thought, okay, let's just add it to the list. And that was really difficult. But you know, when a door closes, a window opens, because the next day I got an email to do Woman One at, in Songs for New World at Pigramore Playhouse. And so I thought all of that, all of that retraining wasn't for nothing. And, um, but it was not easy. I think it took a solid at least four months to reacclimate to New York easily, if not oh, wow. worth still, you know, and reacclimating in the sense of just getting back into it, feeling like home, it being comfortable, getting back into performance mode and those first rehearsals and times on stage, your body is still like, whoa, this is so familiar, but we're in masks and it's different. So much has happened to all of us, you know? a very long answer for your question <laughs> no that's that's great congratulations on your engagement by the way thank you i want to talk about growing up it's such a beautiful album and i think that anyone who hears that you know a theater performer a broadway performer is about to release a solo album everyone's imagining it's going to be a bunch of show tunes and i love show tunes and i know you love show tunes but it's so mind blowing that your album, for instance, opens with the Childish Gambino track. And then it turns into this beautiful, eclectic mixtape of people like John Mayer's music and then some Sondheim and then some My Fair Lady. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to put together this mixtape? Is it like the ultimate Mia Pinedo mixtape? Yeah, um, so I have a list of songs that um, it's called my inspiration train. It's on my Google Keep that I just, I will write down, um, just so I remember songs that really hit in whatever way um, that I really respond to, whether, and normally it's lyrically. I, of course, all of these songs have stunning melodies, but it's really the stories of each of these songs. And Stand Tall, for instance, was a song that when I heard it, of course, I knew that Donald Glover was you know was writing from a perspective that is very different than my own but i really connected to it very deeply and i 
kind of looked up, has anyone covered this song? And I didn't really find any, I did find like a jazz band and I love jazz. I found like a smooth jazz band dude. And I said, oh, very cool. You can, yeah, you can take songs and put your own twist on them. And I thought, okay, well, who can take Stand Tall, which is a brilliant, I mean, I, I love Awake My Love, that, al that whole album. I think it's phenomenal. And I have um, this unicorn of a collaborator, Alex Thompson, who did a, a, some amazing arrangements for me before. And he plays anything from, you know, Sondheim. He loves rap music. He loves um, Caroline Polachek, like all different kinds of people. And I said, hey, I have this idea to do an album and I have some eclectic songs on it. And would you be willing to arrange to make it sound like one cohesive project. And he was like, absolutely. And I think he did such a beautiful job. And we both were collaborating on it over Zoom and building these arrangements together. You know, he would obviously play and know the music behind it. And I would say, no, we, that needs more time, or we want a different chord there, or we want a different drive to the song to really match kind of my connection to these pieces and the stories I wanted to tell within them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I listen to a variety of music and I'm drawn to many different types of music. And I, you know, at first, yeah, I thought I, I wanna do the big orchestra Broadway album, but this felt very different because I thought uh, this is gonna be self-produced. No one's calling me to make an album right now. I don't have the money to hire an orchestra and we're in a pandemic. But this was a moment I felt like I needed to capture and I needed to preserve for myself, for my siblings, for anyone who could want to listen to it. And that meant we needed to strip everything down. And I wanted just piano, just my voice, my voice from that time. I didn't consult a music director or a vocal coach, which someday I will need to. And, and it's something I very much value, but I I was really adamant that it was it was done in in my hometown without the influences of really anyone else. And it was pretty empowering to, I'd never done that before. I'd never done a project like that. And in the middle of a pandemic to have my own rehearsals with, Alex and to work through, um, you know, these, these experiences I was having in real time while, you know, also creating this piece. It's also very interesting because, you know, like you spoke about how this is something that you would do when you were little, you would go and sing the songs that you wanted to sing at some point. So I wondered, is it scary or intimidating to be doing this and now people will get to access that little girl who was singing for herself in her home. Was it intimidating at all to put this together and be like, okay, world, this is little Mia, here you go. Yes, actually to the point I, of course in our industry, you know, it's like content, content, content. <laughs> but I, I really, I didn't start it for the end result. Really, I started it, it always been a, a dream of mine, like a, on my goals list, I want to have my own album. I always thought it was 
such a neat thing that you could, because, you know, as theater performers, we perform and our performances are gone unless they record them, but we are not really in control of putting out something that will be preserved. Unless again, you're in a movie or, but again, you can't, these budgets are, are challenging, especially during a pandemic. Um, so I, when I was making it, it was really, uh, it, it, I imagined it that I want this in my pocket and my sibling's pocket really is how it started. And the pocket of my fiance too, because there's some moments of, you know, some love romantic moments in that album. But I, you know, I did think, okay, well, I'm sure I'll put it up somewhere. Like I do want to share my work, but at, at first it really was, it was just about trying to capture this feeling and capture these realizations. And of course, as we started editing and licensing and going through the whole process, and then the moment when I was about to put it up and send it off for the release. Yeah, you're like, oh, is my vowel right? Or is, am I, do I sound good on that note? And then I, I had to tell myself that was not what this is about. And this was, this was about um, something a lot more important than that, than breaking it down in that way. This was capturing this very vulnerable moment and i i'm i'm the most proud of it for that like and i think that it's unique in that way and i think it um but to answer your question of course it's been scary it's been scary to even think about how to talk about something that you know you you have these personal connections to these things and every little note or breath or break were motivated by something very personal and it is scary to to let that to release that but um i'm thankfully have really great support that has said you know but this can actually help other people on their journey because growing up this album is not about necessarily little mia growing up it's about mia now looking back at things that have happened at understanding her past and understanding from now an adult lens after all of these experiences and how do we hold all of this now and how do we continue growing upward with all of that and i think it's really hard and i think it'll be um a forever journey because i don't think you know growing up is always like oh grow up you need to grow up but it's like we are some of the most important growth for me has been very recently and just and better understanding our past can you know help us in our present and help us in our future um so it's it's hopefully gonna be there for you know not just me and my siblings but everyone else who are constantly on that path right because it's such a beautiful reminder it's a snapshot of how beauty could happen and can happen even during a pandemic I, I wonder if you can talk about what was that musical, maybe that first song from a musical that made you go, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Yeah, so I I don't remember the name of it, but I remember I was watching, it was some sort of like 42nd Street, you know, New York City tap dancing musical, and it had star curtains. And I remember exactly how they looked. They were purple with you know, the typical star and um, glitter. And I just, again, I don't know if, if it was my mom or my dad, but I was like, I want to do that. I want to be in a star show. 
and I must have been like five or six. And we would watch musical, like the classics growing up. You know, we had Hello, Dolly and The King and I and Sound of Music, all of the Rodgers and Hammerstein, West Side Story, Cinderella. So I would watch them growing up and just thought they were normal movie, like normal in the sense that, oh, yeah, people just break out in song. And that's how, you know, that's totally normal because Disney movies also, you know, they everyone's just always breaking out in song. Um, so I I remember that feeling and just thinking it was the coolest thing ever. And I didn't really put it together until a little bit later because I, you know, my parents were dentists and I thought, well, I need to go into something medical. That's that's what I need to do. And I remember my grandmother she she was like you don't have to do anything you can do what if because i loved to bake at the time i still do she's like you can make pies if that's what you want to do and i was like really huh but that, it was like it was total news to me um and i remember you know i would act out movies for my family and i would sing i was pretty shy though like it, it was a way that i could feel um like i could express myself and i would sing Disney songs all the time. And then I remember seeing Phantom of the Opera, the movie, and there was a, you know, a character with long brown curly hair. And I really didn't see a lot of people with that type of curly hair growing up. And my hair right now is, you know, curled, but it's naturally curly. And it's so funny because I was like, oh, I want to, I want to sing like her. And she's, you know, this high, clear soprano. And so then I started singing all of the Phantom of the Opera songs on a recorder. I would record it, hear it. How can I match her sound more? And I was kind of like trying to self-teach myself how to sing properly until I then got into voice lessons. And so, yeah, I would say that um, Phantom was really what, it was the hook to say, I want to sing for real. But whatever star show that was, I don't even know where we were, but to those performers, that was that was like the feeling. For so many artists that I've spoken to this two years so far, where it was like a year and a half of just like not working because there was no place to perform and everything was shut down. What made you keep going and keep saying to yourself, Mia, you will come out of this and you will remain an artist? What made you be like, Goodbye theater, goodbye music. I'm going to open my pie shop. It's <laughs> a great question. Um, I think it was really scary, obviously, for so many of us because you'd wake up every day and it just wasn't going away. And it just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. I, I was lucky that West Side Story was supposed to still come back. I think that helped. I think about it that I'm so glad it closed when it did personally, because if it would have closed earlier, I think it would have been a different pandemic for me. I think I had this hope that it has to come back. And I'm so beyond blessed that I, you know, had a job because I, I know a lot of friends who didn't. And so then I think the beginning of the pandemic was really Ooh, we were at home and we can, um, I don't know, vacation time. And then it moved into what am I going to do? What? And, and then when I really missed it and I, I was not um, engaging in that part of my artistry and I started doing the artist's way. Um, I, I tried to start before it's a very, it's a, 
intense journey, you know, it's three pages a day of writing and there's all these exercises. It's kind of like a guided therapy. And I started doing that and I didn't fully finish it, but I did a number of weeks of that. And it was really trying, you know, understanding um, which parts of my garden I wasn't watering, you know, and whether that was artistic or personal. And I started to try to just get creative in other ways for a little while um, because I just knew theater wasn't happening. And so I was starting to make little clay earrings or I was baking more. Um, I was learning how to make cocktails because I missed cocktails from New York, <laughs> you know, just trying to. And my mom, when we were young, she was we were always doing crafts and making things and she was always encouraging that. And it was really neat because I, I mean, this is part of the what came out of the album. I hadn't gotten to live with my mother in that length of time since I was nine. Mm. And it was really incredible to get that time back. It was kind of like becoming nine, 10, 11, 12 in, you know, not in a shortened amount of time. And it, it kind of like allowed me to let go a little bit of the, which Stan Tall gets to this idea of, you know, go for your dreams, work hard, you can do it, which my dad had on our fridge, go confidently in the direction of your dreams, live the life you've imagined. And, and I think that's what got me in part that just brute forcing and with luck and with a ton of support to where I was able to get to, but then boom, everything shut down. And now I'm here having checked off the Broadway box and now I need to understand who I am. And I think that process was, was, uh, is still very much um, happening. And um, I, I, I started, like I said, singing more and more and just trying to have hope, but then also thinking, okay, how can I use these skills I've learned? Because what if this really doesn't come back? So I, I did think, you know, I am very interested in psychodrama and I was thinking about getting my yoga certification and, you know, dreaming up all of these different things, um, trying to find a way to be productive because, you know, it felt so helpless. So again, the album, the album really helped kind of bridge some of that time. But yeah, I, I think that having the hope of a job helped me hang on. Mm. I, I really have to ask, what's in the Mia Pinedo signature pie? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I've always made apple pies a lot. And recently I got this recipe that is so incredible. It's an apple pie that you pour pumpkin into it. And then it has this like pecan streusel top. It's kind of combining all of the pies of Thanksgiving but it's bomb like i should send you the recipe we should post it somewhere it's so good um but that's what i've made a lot but one of my favorites is a good peach pie i just love peach pie i just think it's incredible but it's hard to make with the real you know i used to just use the can but then i was like i can't use the can i need to do you know real <laughs> the real thing um so yeah, also I love doing like a dulce de leche kind of apple mm. pie. I love caramel apple stuff. So yeah, 
<laughs> the week that the album comes out, you're also going to do a performance at Feinstein's 54 Below. So what can people who come to that expect that night? Yes, well, you can expect to hear the album live and it is a it's an album release celebration in concert and it's really just a moment that thanks to my fiance who encouraged me to do this because i thought oh maybe we'll play it at a bar and and you know have it on the speaker and he said no i you know really encouraged me to give it its moment. And I'm so thankful that 54 Below uh, is having me that night on the day of its release. And it's really just to mark the moment of, of this project and obviously what it means to me, but also to share it and to give the audience a little bit of some behind the scenes look at a where the inspiration for picking some of the songs, how it was arranged or what was happening in that moment and really what it means to me and to sing it, sing it in front of an audience. And I will be the first to say, you know, if you want to hear it perfect, it's on the recording. It's really a moment to, to share it and to, um, to mark the moment and to celebrate it. And of course it's, intimidating because it's vulnerable and it's it's you i haven't i mean i did a, a senior recital in high school but i this will be my first solo show and i was supposed to do one um before the pandemic happened and it was going to be my you know i'm in new york i've landed i, I moved in with my boyfriend to brooklyn <laughs> and i'm in a broadway show i'm here to stay and here's also the challenges and the ups and downs of that process but once the pandemic happened, that story just didn't make sense anymore. And I had a whole set list, a whole idea. And it just was like, that's not where I'm at. That's not where we're all at. And that was obviously sad because I, I've always wanted to perform there and do a solo show as again. And it's it's a moment that you're not a character. You're you and you're sharing your own story, which is empowering and terrifying at the same time. But this just felt like the right project and important. And ever since I made this album, the nine songs really do feel like it will work well in a concert setting. And it always felt that way. It kind of has an arc to it. Um, it has like a part A, part B with a with stop this train as a pillar between the two parts. And, you know, it gets into some some feels, but then comes out with an overall message of hope along with the journey, which I think is important, which is something I think is always relevant, but especially now it's like, we can't just move on and pretend things didn't happen. How do we take all of that and still try to find the uplifting, the upward side of things? So, mm. so looking back, what do you think working actor, performer, recording artist, grown up Mia Pinedo would say to little Mia from all those years ago? Yeah, I, when I get this question, I, I, it's, I think that I just really want her to know that she, is smart 
that she notices and is aware of things and to follow her impulses, even when she's told that they're wrong or they're not true. Um, and that she can feel like, uh, it's the quote of, you know, don't be a second rate version of someone else, be a first rate version of you. And to really give her the confidence to be her and to do things through her lens and that that's powerful and to not try to be someone else, to not try to put someone else's voice on you. Um, and that although it's scary to be yourself or to have your own thoughts sometimes or to, you know, stick up for yourself, that it is vital and it will, it, it frees you as a person. And, you know, that's something for little Mia and big Mia to constantly learn. But yeah, I just, I, I wish I could tell her how, um, cause I think as kids, you know, we're so much more observant and smart and have really pure, beautiful impulses. And I think that sometimes adults, you know, looking at children think, oh, they'll forget, or they don't know what they're doing, or they're blind by whatever. And, you know, I, even at the time that, you know, you have those little, well, I, I feel differently. I, you know, to encourage her, yes, that's okay. And it's okay to, you know, to be you as cliche as it is, you know, it, I think it's a hard, it's, it's so, um, you know, they say like you learn some of the most important things in a kindergarten class to be nice to people, be good to people, um, share and be you. Yeah. So I tell and you to that. quote, yeah, to quote from your album, children will listen. So thank you for that advice. Cause I'm sure children listening to this and watching this can also use that. Remember to be you always. So big Mia, would you like to invite our viewers and our listeners to go to see Yoga Play, to buy the album, and if they can make it to find Science Fiction for Below, to also go that night? Yes, I would please, please come. Um, if you're in Chapel Hill, which many of you might not be, but if you are in Chapel Hill, please come see Yoga Play. It is a brilliantly written play. It is hilarious. It will make you think it'll make you feel a little uncomfortable, but in a great way, an important way in the way only theater can really do and touch, touch you on the inside. And please, I would be honored if you would listen to growing up. I had said I made this album to have in my pocket, my siblings pocket, but I want it in your pocket on the subway, on the bus. I wanted to accompany you in your moments of questioning growth, discomfort, empowerment, joy, all of those moments that yeah, I say it's not a summer bop. It's for the it's it's for that personal journey and for it to bring comfort and to be there as we continue to transition. And I wanted it to come out in March the middle of March, what could be a more trans, you know, um, transitional time. And I would be absolutely honored also if you could all come to find Science 54 Below to celebrate the album's release and to be with me as I share this work live and 
and give you a little bit behind the scenes of what it was like and some context for the album and just to come together and and talk about and and listen about stories of growth and you know challenge and empowerment and all of it mixed together so it'll be it'll be my honor to share this all with you and you better listen to me because trust me when you listen to her version of the nearness of you it's going to sweep you off your feet it's just gorgeous and the album's really beautiful so mia thank you for your time thank you for this lovely conversation break a leg and I hope to see you around in the future. Thank you so much. So great to talk to you. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.